Welcome to the New Forest Business Podcast with me, John Carpenter, a podcast where I get to talk to local businesses within the New Forest. Now, we have all had dreams right from childhood where it once would have began as dreams maybe about a new toy or adventure, right the way through to dreams of a new career and greater finance. Maybe you dreamed of being a footballer, soon realised you were not good enough for that, Dreamed then of becoming a football manager and quickly realised it was an awful lot easier to play a game. Don't know who I could be referring to there. Uh, however, in this episode, I'm going to be talking to Robin Parker-Hales. Robin, like many of us, had a dream. Her dream was of opening her own bookshop. And in the Imaginarium, she has lived out her dream. So I'm delighted to welcome Robin to the New Forest Business Podcast. Robin, welcome. Hi, John. Hi. Thanks for having me. No worries. You're more than welcome. So to begin, Robin, talk to me about the start for the Imaginarium. You know, where did the name come from and how did you come to be from a dream one day to the reality it is today? Well, I've always wanted to have a bookshop. When I was younger, I found a lot of solace in books. So not to put, you know, a sob story out there, but my childhood was quite difficult. And okay. I would always revert to reading books as a way to cope. And sometimes that would get me in trouble, actually, because when I was writing my dissertation, I was very stressed. And so I'd start reading books as a way to cope. But then I wasn't writing my dissertation. And then before you know, it, I'm up at three o'clock in the morning. It's due in having to write 4000 words. That was not ideal. No. Um, <laughs> but I always always loved the the kind of escapism and the acceptance that you got from a book. You could relate to the characters. You'd go on a, a great adventure. You might learn something. And I always wanted to share that and give that to other people because I'd talk to people and they'd be like, oh, I don't read. It's not that fun. And I'm like, well, you're reading the wrong stuff. And I'd help them find something that they might enjoy. And, you know, it's trial and error, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, so secretly or maybe not so secretly, <laughs> I always wanted my own bookshop. But it is always a pipe dream, you know, where you think, oh, yeah, one day when I retire, I'm going to do that. Um, and I never really thought too much about it until covid hit um and i know a lot of people um had almost like an awakening from covid um people you know were really struggling they'd lost their jobs people were obviously very unwell and 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 worse and yeah. um it made me kind of reevaluate what was going on for me and Incidentally, my husband and I both changed jobs. So my husband changed companies completely and I changed roles. And um, it it just it gave us the the ability to really think about it. And so after that, it happened incredibly quickly. So in February last year, we decided, yes, we're going to go for it. We started planning it out. Then in April, we registered the company with uh, Companies House. Yeah. In June, we found the property that we were going to rent, and then we opened in September. So it was it wow, was very a, very quick. Yeah, that's a really quick turnaround. <laughs> yeah, but then I think my my husband says either do it or shut up talking about it. Um, and he's absolutely right because you know you talk about stuff all the time, and you never like. And if you're not going to do it, I think it it just you know becomes a bit like oh yeah they're talking about opening a bookshop again um so so we just did it we um and I think I always had this idea that I wanted a community hub so I previously in my um career I've worked um as a social worker and with children and families I worked for an awesome charity called No Limits and I loved the the people aspect supporting and helping people um 
throughout their lives. And so that's what I wanted for the bookshop. So we wanted it to be cosy and welcoming and accessible. And I thought, because I read a lot of science fiction and fantasy, um, you pointed out the Harry Potter books on my shelf, but there's a whole array around the room. Um, and I just thought, you know, what encompasses the idea of, of what a book is? And it's about the imagination. And so the Imaginarium kind of came from that. And I liked the oldie worldy apothecary kind of sounding name. It does also happen to be um, related to Terry Pratchett and some of his work. Um, so he's got a book called The Imaginarium. And actually, I didn't know that until about three or four months ago. <laughs> so um, it's just a coincidence. If anyone's saying, oh, well, she stole it from Terry Pratchett. I didn't know that, promise. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not going to say anything. Don't, don't worry. So how do you then, so you say you had friends who maybe weren't into reading or perhaps reading the wrong books. How do you go about because I, I'm I'm trying to get into reading more myself. Um, and so how do you go about finding books for people that they may actually like and, you know, engage more with? How how does that process work? Because that's really fascinating to me. It, do you know what? It's, it's really hard because books <laughs> and the enjoyment that you get from it is completely subjective. So the first thing I'll do is say, what do you watch on TV? Because that's what people can relate to the most. Okay. So, um, and then it's about the, the way that those stories are told. So it might be that you enjoy, I mean, you've got a dialect behind you, so you enjoy Doctor Who, I'm assuming. Yeah. Um, and so I'll use that as a basis to say, okay, well, there's, um, you know, obviously Doctor Who's an alien um, and he travels to different worlds and different dimensions. And so I'll, I'll think of books that might um, have that kind of content, but then I'll think about how Doctor Who is... Um, shown so it's in you know short episodes 40 minutes half hour 40 minute episodes once a week and so that tells me that you're not um necessarily into like a big dense book that's like going to take you 18 years to read do you want short sharp bits of information so I might pick something that's a little bit more light-hearted and 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 that the, the, the narrative is probably first person rather than third because that's just easier to to engage with and I'll use little things like that to help you along um but I don't always get it right <laughs> no but you, you got me right absolutely yeah it would be no good reading a, a really huge thick book that would take me ages to read through so you know you got you got that right about me definitely <laughs> um so that's fab that's great to know where the the name come from and the turnaround as I say was super quick yeah. um so obviously there has been a quick turnaround but have there been any obstacles to overcome and, and learning points and if there have been obstacles to overcome what you know what would you say has been has been the main one well the first thing is is that I'd never owned or ran or worked in a bookshop before and so the whole business you never worked in one before no, opening no so you just went straight from zero to a hundred like that <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean the <laughs> <laughs> yeah pretty much my husband does have 15 years retail experience so right. I didn't go in completely blind and and although I run the shop and I do you know a lot of things my husband is always there for guidance and and he also does our accounts as well which helps hmm. um so um yeah it just uh, for me I, I quite often get very excited about stuff so I have this idea in my head of what I want and I if if it doesn't come out that way then I'm like no no I'm not doing it I wanted it that way and it didn't pan out and I have to be pulled back and have that reality check um so so that was a bit of an obstacle um because I think 
I, I'm very, I get very excitable about things. I'm like, oh yeah, I want to do this. I want to do that. And I, and I need to be calmed and <laughs> a little bit, add a bit of like pragmatism to it, I guess. Um, yeah. But um, I think the, now that I'm looking back, so we've been open for about a year and I'm looking yeah. back on all the things that, that I've done and every, you're always going to learn. Everything is is a learning opportunity. And I always do take that as a learning opportunity. I think that's really important, especially when you own your own business, rather than getting bogged down with things and like, oh, well, that didn't work. Oh, that was rubbish. You think, okay, what could I do better? And and I have always done that. I mean, sometimes a bit reluctantly, but I, I do tend to do that. But for me, the biggest challenge was going from working with, you know, 140 people in a, in a company and seeing most of those on a day-to-day basis to being on my own in isolation. So we are a small shop. We're only about, um, we've got about th- 3,000 books. We're about 40 square meters wide, you know, big. So it's not a huge amount of space, and so we don't need multiple staff members. So most of the time it's me on my own and I get a little bit indecisive. So yesterday, for instance, I was doing the Christmas decorations and I had this idea of what I wanted in my head. And as I've already said, it didn't come out as well. And so I was like, oh, well, I'll, I'll do it later. Like it's, you know, um, and I struggle with that because I need, I, I quite like to have someone to bounce things off of and go, oh, what do you think about this? Or would this be a good idea? And because you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And asking people is a great way to get more guidance or information or advice. And that was really challenging at first because I was just on my own. But what I've started to do is ask my customers because obviously we're there for them. Um, And yes, it is my shop, but I want my customers to feel like that they've got a space and a say in what we're doing and obviously if they say oh I think you should start selling motorbikes that's going to be a no but if they say oh well why don't you try this book display and why don't you do this and that's really helpful and then obviously they feel like part of it is is for them so yeah that's a really unique take on that actually using customers in such a valuable way because who who knows your store better you know apart from apart from you and your husband you know that they're coming in and they're buying from you so that's such a great resource I think there's probably a lot of people a lot of business out there that don't actually use their customers in that way maybe because yeah. they fear what they might actually say and what ideas they may come out with um but I, yeah I think that's such a unique way to actually use your customers and I think yeah, their insight can be so valuable I think yeah that's a really brilliant way to use them well they're seeing it from a different perspective yeah so my, my emotions are heavily tied to the shop so if it's not oh. doing well I get upset or if it's doing really well then I'm incredibly giddy but you've got people who are coming in and you know they pop in once a week so it's not hugely important to them in their day-to-day lives but so they 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 can present a different perspective and that's really important because if we're just focusing on what we think and what we are wanting to do Mm. we're cutting off so many other people so yeah yeah. absolutely I think you touched on as well um the issue with working by yourself and I think you know a lot of people going through through that particularly after covid obviously then people started to work more from home and from you know by by themselves and I think that's definitely something that st- still affects a lot of people and it, it, you're right it is difficult when you don't have someone to bounce off so if you don't have someone okay who can, who can I talk to and who can I bounce off okay perfect there's people coming into me into the store I don't just ask them if you know if I haven't got anyone 
actually working with me who I can ask. Yeah. Uh, there's only so many times you can run an idea by your husband, you know, without getting the, <laughs> the different response. As as amazing as my husband is, he does not read. <laughs> so when it comes to books... <laughs> Just drop and... that little nugget in there. Oh, by the way, we have a bookstore, but he doesn't read. Just drop that in I mean, there, lady. <laughs> he, he has started to read, um, but, you know, he, he's not a bookworm. He's not a nerd, like... <laughs> like I would consider myself to be and so there are some things that he just doesn't understand he understands people and Mm -hmm. he does understand customer service but book customers are very different to I mean he used to work for a tv and hi-fi shop and the customer base is completely different you know you you're when you're walking into a bookshop it's you know generally speaking it's a 10 pound book which for a lot of people is completely affordable and you know you might do that a few times a month if you're buying like a fifteen thousand pound hi-fi, yeah. like that's completely different ball game. And so his perspective is really helpful, but he doesn't read and he doesn't know bookworms. So, <laughs> so he's, he's useful. It's like you know, it's useful at times. You know, that's that's <laughs> he'll be happy with that. He'll he'll take that. I mean, yeah. he's he's incredibly handy. So he did build all of our bookshelves in the shop. Um, if you haven't been to the shop, I, I mean, obviously I'm here to promote the shop. But if you've not been, I do recommend you go in or even just look on our website because you can see the bookcases that he's built and they are amazing. Um, and he did that all himself. So um, to anyone who goes into the Imaginarium, when you see Robin's husband, please, please say good job. Well done on the on the, the shelf making, because that will make him feel very, very proud. He, yeah, he would love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Robert, there will be a lot of people listening who have you know, a dream of one day starting a business and opening their own shop. Um, now, for someone who's actually done that, been there and done that, um, what would be your three main tips for someone in that position? So they've got a dream, they want to open a shop. What would you say would, would be the three main tips for them, really? The first one would be be pragmatic. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I mean, I've said it before, but it's easy to get run away with an idea that is not going to work in practice. Um, so I think have an idea for what you want to accomplish, but realize, recognize that it might take you three or four years to, to get there and to start off small. Um, so, I mean, the idea is that you'll be open for a while and I mean, hopefully years and you'll be able to build up to that, to that vision. Um, and one of the things that we did was we made sure we didn't spend unnecessarily, so for instance when we first opened we didn't or we didn't have a stock management system so the stock management system would have cost us um an outright fee of about a thousand pounds maybe slightly more and then you've got a maintenance fee over the like almost like a subscription um over the year and we couldn't justify that initially because a we didn't know if it would be any um benefit to us um and we didn't know how long we were going to be open for obviously you want it to do well but we, we had to be realistic here and yeah. kind of think well, if we spend that money now we I mean that's money that we could have spent on um you know more stock or you know we bought some chairs so people can sit and read and and you know so you, ha- you have to make decisions about what is useful and, and and what can you not open up without and we could open without a stock management system we have just bought one though um because as we've got busier it's been harder for us to know what stock we've got and things like that and so it it feels like now's the right time to get it because it makes my life much easier 
but for the last year we managed without it and it was it was completely fine um to be honest if if we if we carried on as we were I wouldn't have got the, the new system in um I mean it's really useful software so you can do stock takes and you can check what's coming in what's going out but before that it was just my brain so if if someone bought something I generally would reorder it yeah um whereas now the computer does it all for me so that's really helpful um but you know there are loads of things that we we haven't bought because we didn't want to spend out and and you do as you go along you think oh hang on a minute we're actually doing quite well well why don't we do this and why don't we do that and and there are loads of things that we wanted to do so events um I mean initially when I first opened it would have been so easy just to contact all these authors and go oh will you do an event with us will you do an event with us and then not really know what you're doing and it could have ended up being quite a disaster so I started out small so I had some small local authors coming in um we had a poet our first event was a poetry reading um and that went really well and so we've kind of gradually got bigger events as we've gone along and it's all down to just kind of picking the right thing for you at that time and not being too excited yeah i i think that's invaluable one is the time it can take a long time to get a business you know quick to register a business but actually getting it off the ground and functioning and earning an income as you know that you want can take a long time so I think yeah people have to have a, a realization of that they can you know sometimes it won't be instant and you know the idea of looking at looking at expenses and what you buy and you know what what do you need for now maybe what could you hold off buying for now and, and maybe buying in the future is is yeah again absolutely key um mm-hmm. I think yeah that's that's really brilliant advice for anyone who's looking to start a business and think oh I could just do that buy that and buy this and buy that actually no take your time build it up think about what you actually need to buy and then you know maybe look in the future and you know work your way you know work your way there I think that's valuable I think people always think oh I need this because they've seen other shops have I mean, it could be a bit of software, it could be a bit of um, computer hardware or anything, and then they don't use it because it, it doesn't fit their needs. And then you've spent that money on something that you're not using, and you, that money could have been reinvested in some in something else in in your shop or business. And that's like where the like that being pragmatic comes in because it's it is really easy to get swayed by people. I mean, we have a lot of people. Um, our windows are tinted from the outside. We didn't do it. The landlord did it. I actually quite like it because it protects the books that are in the window from damage from the sun. Yeah. Um, but um, we get a lot of people coming. Oh, the windows are really dark. Now, the, obviously, the idea is that we are we want to sell books and we want people to see it as an inviting space. And if we wanted to change the windows, that would have cost us quite a lot of money. And we did consider it initially. We're like, oh, because it's quite dark, people can't see in. Um, but that would have been a waste of money, to be honest, because people can't. I mean, they can see in, but it, it is quite difficult sometimes. But we have the door open; they can just come in. Like so, you know, from umming and ahhing about changing the windows to thinking we don't need to. It's absolutely fine, and we've got lights in the windows to make it brighter, and and we've got loads of things outside. So when the door is shut in the winter, people can still see that we're open, and yeah. you know we've got some hanging baskets and a table and chairs and an a board and collectively that probably came to about a hundred pounds whereas redoing the windows would have cost thousands yeah 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 absolutely right um and 
before I move on, I do want to talk about your shop and and the look and the feel of it because I think you you, you both should be really proud of of how it looks. Um, and obviously, but the bookshelves especially. Um, but how how did the look come to be? Because it is it is very unique. I I really love the look of 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 the store. How much of that was your input into the creativity, the outlook, the design? So yeah, I know you mentioned you wanted it to feel cozy, somewhere safe, somewhere for people that they want to come and read. Now, yeah, how 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 did the look of the shop come to be? Um. I don't actually know, to be honest. I remember making a mood board on Pinterest of all the different things that I liked. Um, but I don't know why I settled on those, like, certain things. So you're absolutely right that we wanted it to be welcoming and accessible. So we've got we've got cosy chairs. Um, uh, and it's, there isn't a lot of space. And so it is a rectangle shape. And we've got units, like shelving units, across all, all available space, apart from where the counter is. Um, so there's not a lot that you can really do with the layout so much. And so it was down to the way that it was decorated and designed to um, make it unique and, and interesting. Because it is just a, like it's just a bare rectangle otherwise. Um, and I think it was my husband who decided to paint the shelves blue. Now, I wasn't 100 percent sure on this because I thought, oh, God, that's really dark. It's it's going to be it's going to be too much. Um, but once we painted them and put the books on the shelves, the colours really pop out. Um, and that's a really nice touch because you go into other shops um, and, you know, you go to a chain shop and all the shops in that chain are exactly the same. I get it. It's cheaper. It, you know, it makes sense. Everyone follows the same format, but we're an independent. So we don't have to do that. We can do what we want. And so like, who's got blue shelves in their shops? I mean, it, it does. They do stand out so much more. And I know exactly what you mean when you mention chain shops for, you know, selling books. It feels to me, it feels a bit cold and not as welcoming. Um, you know, it is very bulk standard, but yeah, you're absolutely right. If you look, whether you look on your website or in the shop themselves, you know, itself, the books do stand out. The colours of the books do stand out from the shelves. So, you know, he may not necessarily know about the books, but he obviously knows about, oh, yeah. you know, the design. So yeah, no, it, it does. It, it looks really good inside, really cosy. I think you've absolutely nailed you know, the yeah. idea of having a welcoming space for people to come and read we we purposely had um it quite dark in there so mm. um, we could have had um spotlights and stuff to make it brighter but we purposely have it a bit darker now the problem with that is that some people come in and go oh, it's too dark in here i can't see and and i understand that um so what we've got is we've got a lamp in the corner with a bendy arm so if people want to a bit more light they can they can do that um so it's just about thinking about little things like that. So the lamp adds a nice touch anyway, but it also is practical because it means that people who are struggling to see, they can use a spotlight and then they can see whatever they're reading. So, Yeah, fab. So before we talk about the future, Robin, what would you say has been, um, for, for you and the, the Imaginarium, up to now, what's been the high, the high point of your journey so far? There have been loads of different high points, actually, um, going from thinking that I was never actually going to have my own bookshop to having opened it mm. <laughs> and now it being a year on. Um, 
there are there are a few things that stick out in my mind the the first and foremost is um the community that we created around the bookshop so we host five different book clubs um and those people that come to the book clubs um end up um you know they they come we discuss the book and then they stay afterwards for a chat and when we host an event generally speaking our book club members are the first to say yeah I want to come to that and and so we've built up a really nice community around the shop and that's lovely because they just pop in of like you know in the morning go oh and just have a bit of a chat and say oh hi how's it going kind of thing and that's really nice and the amount of people that have met other people with similar interests because of the book clubs and they've they've got new friends um and just you know like we hosted an event um recently uh for a book it was like a book launch um and um we hosted an event and loads of people came and there were a few people who said well I don't I'm not going to know anyone there and I was like it's fine they've all read the first book they absolutely loved it they're all very excited about the second book you've already got that in common so come along and just and you know I was just introducing people to to others and suddenly you've got a room of like 30 40 people who are all getting on like a house on fire because they've all been connected by this one book that they loved so that was that's really nice like and having you just all these people who have got somewhere to go every now and then whether it's an event or just to pop in and say hi and and have made new friends like that that feels really special I love that I love that because you see a lot of times people wanting to have a bit of community and you know see what events are on and, and things like that and the fact that you offer that and it's worked so well and you brought people together who didn't know each other before and now made friends I think that you know yeah you should you, you both should be so proud of, of doing that for a community bringing people together there's you know there's not much better than that than bringing people together there I love that I mean that that's what we wanted um when we opened so we wanted it to be a community base and it has become that and that you know like we are really we're incredibly proud and we're yeah so grateful and thankful for all of our customers who are part of that um it, it just, yeah it's just you know you suddenly gained you know hundreds of friends because they're not just customers but they're friends as well so yeah absolutely so on your website it talks about the importance of everyone having an opportunity to read um which is why you stop pre-loved books how important is that to you and the imaginarium and as well as offering pre-loved books are there any other ways that you can help with getting more people to read so obviously you, you talked about that the community aspect um and the pre-loved books but is there anything else that you, you may be thinking about offering or you do offer or yeah um so there are two things that we've done um one of them is world book day so world book day is an event it's a national um actually it might even be international it's a national slash international day um to encourage children to read so um every child should get a um a token or a voucher that they can um use to redeem a book from a bookshop and um, other places. The idea was to encourage children who wouldn't necessarily go into a bookshop to go into one. Now, um, that doesn't always work because parents don't always have the ability or the time to take a child into um, into a bookshop. And so what we did last year and what we're doing, uh, what we did this year, because World Book Day is in March, and what we're gonna be doing on a bigger scale next year is um, inviting the schools to come in with the children. So it's not on the, it's not a responsibility of the parents, 
who may not have the time or the, the ability, but rather the school to bring the children into the shop. Um, so last year we had um, one of the local infant schools come in. They brought in a couple of classes. We had story time. So I read them a couple of books and then they got they got their voucher and they got to select a book from. Um, so it's, it's the one pound books that are published specifically for uh, book day. Uh, World Book Day um, and so they get to select their book and then they get to take that away and that's their their very own book um, and then this year uh, next year we're doing it on a bigger scale so I was incredibly pre prepared I emailed out middle of September so all the schools were back um, and I put a deadline on it I said you need to let me know by this date because otherwise they might, may not get a book and so now we've got like preschool schools secondary schools all involved um, so um. I'm for a lot of them I'm going out to the school and taking the books with me for some of them they're coming in um but it's just about getting books into the hands of children that may not have that opportunity and some children don't have their own books at all so they might read at school um but they don't have any like it might not might not be a gift that they get given when I was younger I never had my very own book um we were we weren't particularly well off and so any book that I had was either given for given to me as a gift or a hand-me-down from my brothers and sisters so I never actually got to go into a bookshop and choose my own book until World Book Day and then I got a token and I remember going into Waterstones in Southampton there wasn't an independent unfortunately um and um I had I got, got to pick my very own book I can't remember what the book I was, was just but gonna it was ask <laughs> I can't remember I remember that it was illustrated by Nick Sharrett who um illustrated um the Jacqueline Wilson books I so I remember that so it could have been a Jacqueline Wilson book but I remember picking it myself um and just you know that was my book and yeah. I want to give that feeling to other children because that it holds a special place for me and I want it to do the same for them. So no, it, yeah. it will, it absolutely will because you have, you know, you are right. There will be children who, you know, don't have books at home, don't get, you know, gifted books and, but will absolutely love them and, you know, get lost in them. And, and then from there, they can have imaginative play from that and, you know, explore that world. So I, yeah, I think as an idea, it's, it's, it's a brilliant one. And the fact that you've got, not only you know uh, preschool and primary school but secondary schools lined up as well yeah uh, you know I think that's that's brilliant world book day has actually over the last couple of years um created uh, not created but they, they're selecting books for older age children so normally the cutoff you'd think would probably be about year six year seven whereas now they they're adding some like more um books for older readers which is brilliant because I, I just don't think particularly for boys, what I notice is they stop reading when they get to secondary school and they may pick it up again when they're an adult, but but for a lot of, I've got so many customers coming in saying, oh, my son doesn't read anymore. And I'm like, yeah, secondary school, they stop reading, don't know why. Um, but if they had, you know, that book, last year I went out to a secondary school and um, were given the book, um, the books that one of them was Dave the Pigeon. It's a ridiculous cartoon book, like quite funny. Um, but the boys absolutely loved it and they were like oh, I want that one I want that one so they were taking it and they might use that you know as a doodle book or they might throw it at each other or whatever but they've got that book so the opportunity yeah. is there if they want to read it no that's that's brilliant I love that absolutely love that so one of the, uh, sorry one of the other things is because you said hmm. about um, a few things um so there's a charity called um read easy now 
they are based in Southampton on the Isle of Wight, but they are moving into Lymington. So I just want to um to share this with um yeah. so they come they came into the shop and and said would we be willing to support them and what they do is they support people who struggle to read so predominantly adults and um they basically work with them over a course of you know six months whatever and they do um sessions to help them they might start off with basics and then help them to to read because reading is a fundamental skill um and some people don't have that ability um and they came in asking if we would help promote them. And I said, yes, but the problem is, is that a lot of people that come into my shop will be able to read and won't need that support. And she said, well, would any of your, would any of your customers be willing to be a coach? So when they move into a new area, they're looking for people to coach, be a coach for those people that want to learn to, to read. And um, so we put that out on our email um, and, you know, we've asked our book club members to see if anyone, because they obviously all love reading. Yeah. And um, hopefully, if anyone has the time or the ability to pick that up, they can then go be a coach and and instill that, in you know, that um, excitement into someone else. So, yeah. so that was Read Easy. Um, yeah, I think it's called Read Easy. Yeah. Okay. I, um, that, I hopefully you do, you know, you do get some coaches because, yeah, it, it can be something that that falls through um and you know it's not necessarily picked up right away that you know the ability for for people to read so i think you know if you can help and they can help yeah that's just yeah. brilliant for, for the community again and with more things being online so i know this is a bit of a segue but the banks are closing in limington mm. and so people either have to do it online or travel to another area which again is a bit of a barrier for them but if if you're on if you're struggling to read and you're having to do everything online that just you know it, how are you going to access your account it just so yeah anything we can do to help people who want to learn to read is is fine by me no absolutely and you're 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 spot on when they close the banks and things like that they don't necessarily think about oh you know everyone can use an app or do online banking well no, not everyone can do that. Sometimes you need that face-to-face -face element to, to, you know, to be you know, talk through something. So, yeah, I think if any help for that is just, you know, amazing um, and, and really needed. Wherever you are, wherever it's Livington, Southampton or wherever it may be, you know, there will be people out there who, who do struggle to read and any help they can get is yeah it's just so valued so no that's brilliant i'm really you know really happy to hear that you're looking to help them out and hopefully you can as i say you can find those coaches to yeah to help that would be so brilliant um so robin what now you've opened the imaginarium what what's next for you and and the store would you say this is really hard because <laughs> when you sent the questions over i was thinking about it and i don't actually know um again th there's a bit of a pipe dream where like do we want more shops do we want to open other areas or um we've talked about having a bookshop and a cafe um which i really like the idea of but if we did that we'd have to move location because we are based next to a cafe anyway yeah um, and you know it, it wouldn't be fair to open up a cafe where we are um but honestly, I don't know. I think there are loads of things that we could do. So um, I personally want a bigger shop. There are just too many books that I want to try and 
play and sell and I don't have enough space. Um, so, so that would be ideal. But the problem is, is all of the shelves that Dan so painstakingly built and they're beautiful, they are all made to measure. So we can't just can't take you, them, dismantle no. them and take them with us. So it would be a huge undertaking. Um, so realistically, nothing's going to, nothing big is going to change in the near future. But I think what we're going to do now is we're going to focus on um, building our relationships with the schools to try yeah. and make sure that we've got um, good relationships there and um, try and host even more events. So we recently did an event um, about New Forest Myths and Folklore, which is a book written by a guy called Bryce Stratford. Really good event. Really enjoyed doing that. Um, and we had a huge turnout. We had about 80 people turn up for that. So that was really good. I'd like to do more stuff like that. Um, you know, affordable night out type yeah. stuff related to books so I think the focus would be on on those things for now until the circumstances change for, in whatever way that needs to happen for us to maybe either expand or or open a second location or if you open this a second location would there be maybe a slight concern that you would have to build up the community again because you, you know you've you got it right into the heart of Limington, you know, community, and you you building that up, and you're bringing people together. Would there maybe be a slight concern that you might lose that and have to rebuild that elsewhere, or would you, you know you keep that? It's difficult, isn't it? You know, do you keep a store where you are, where you've got that community, and try to nurture that along, or do you go elsewhere and start from scratch? And you know, so that's it's difficult I mean to know where, where it all up, isn't it? If we weren't open a second, if we weren't opening a second location and um, was just having a bigger unit somewhere, it would still be in Limington. So our customers um, would, you know, still be accessible for them. Yeah. But it would have to be the right circumstances at the right time for that to work. We wouldn't just do it because we. I mean, I would love more space, but it, you know, it's a huge decision to make. Um, and we have worked really hard because we're off the beaten track. So um it would be you know it's taken us a year to build up where we are now and we, there are still those people that don't know we're there yeah. so it's, it's gonna you know we'd have to do all of that again um but I think you know like I said be pragmatic so we're not going to just do it off the huff because we want more space it would it would be well thought out which is what again goes back to what you talked about previously you know um taking your time and not spending money you know before you before you need to it all goes back to you know what you spoke about you know earlier on on, on the podcast so yeah. that links you know really really neatly together so Robin you've been a great guest honestly thank you so much for coming on and giving so much great advice to uh, you know businesses right at, you know right at their start um just before I, I let you go um for anyone wanting to find out more about the Imaginarium where, where can they find you? Uh, so we are in um, Angel Courtyard in Limington. Um, we are tucked around the back. So we are behind Tesco um, as you walk through to Cannon Street Car Park. Um, but we're also online. So um, we are, our website is um, imaginariumbooks.co.uk or you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Actually, don't do Twitter because I don't use Twitter. We do have one, but I don't use it anymore. It's X now anyway, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but we're on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. We also have a YouTube channel. You can give us a call. Um, but I mean, you know, we are there. Are, there are so many ways that you can get in touch with us. 
Brilliant. Fab. Robin, thank you again for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me.